Don't call it a comb back, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, whatever, my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. <laughs> All right, we're back. Don't know where my mic is. Don't know how to turn it off. ESPN 1100.9 FM. It's Ed Tyler Jared. We're back in the studio. So this is going to be interesting today to figure out what the hell we're doing uh, in any sense. But we're back in the studio, and Jared is here to tell you about what the Raiders did yesterday. The first bite. Have the Raiders fixed their secondary this offseason? I don't know about that, but you know what I do know? Mike Mayock doesn't know Jeff Heath is still on the, is still uh, has left the team. Because when I saw that Jeff Heath was being cut yesterday, I'm like, that's funny, because last week I think Mayock said he was starting. So, <laughs> I don't know if Mike Mayock understands that they're about to get Jeff Heath, but anyway, they did add someone yesterday that might uh, help in another way. Yeah, they signed Casey Hayward, a cornerback from the Chargers, who was under Gus Bradley, obviously, because Gus Bradley was with the Chargers the last uh, few years. And hey, we'll wait to see what the contract is on Casey Hayward, but I can't imagine it's actually going to be a lot of money since he signed after the draft. But the interesting part about Casey Hayward is that he was not good last season. Right. Uh, he was 32 years old, and, and that was the worst season of his career. Like, if you go by pro football focus, great. He was the 69th best cornerback in football last year. Nice. But before last season, 2019, he mm-hmm. was the fourth, yeah. four, single digits, number four best cornerback in the NFL by pro football focus grades. And from 2012, when he entered the league until 2019, he was almost always one of the top yep. 20 cornerbacks in football. Now, again, last year, he he wasn't good. But here's the other fun part about it. 69th would have been the highest grade any cornerback on the Raiders roster would have received last season by pro football focus. I was thinking about that. I saw his, his numbers last night. I said, well, he'd be the best last year, <laughs> but the years before that, he would have been too good for them. Yes, yes. Like the years before this, like you, you can't sign him because he's too good. But last year, he kind of fit in that realm of he didn't have a good year, but he would have been the best they had. Yes. So this is a good signing, I think. Yeah, I, I think it is too, because the... The upside of Casey Hayward is that he does play like he did in 2019 and 18 and before that, and that you do have legitimately a number one cornerback because that's what Casey Hayward was for the Chargers. The Raiders, they do not have a number one cornerback. As much as they want Trayvon Mullen to be a number one cornerback, he is not that. So the upside on Casey Hayward is that he could be number one cornerback. The downside is that he's 32 years old. He's coming off a bad season, and and maybe that's it. Maybe he's hit the decline, and, and Casey Hayward's done as a as a productive or a, a top-end cornerback in the NFL. But assuming this is a cheap deal, we still don't know exactly what the details are, but assuming they're not paying him like $9 million, assuming it's pretty cheap, that's a risk I think you're you're willing to take. And, and overall... The Raiders this offseason, they draft Trayvon Morgan in the second round to play free safety. They now sign Casey Hayward. They sign Rasul Douglas as well. Like they've they haven't done enough to where you say the secondary is going, you know it's going to be good, but I, I, they've given themselves options where if Jonathan Abram isn't very good, 
they can go to Carl Joseph. If Damon Arnett is bad again, they can go to Casey Hayward. If Trayvon Mullen doesn't work out well, they can go to Casey Hayward. Well, I think, don't they go to Casey Hayward right away anyway? Well, that's the other thing. He's got to be a starter, right? Oh, he has to be. I mean, I know it, I know it's it's early May when they signed him, and so it's not like he was a high-priority free agent, but Damon Arnett was so bad last year. You've got to imagine Casey Hayward starting right away. You have to give, I think, Casey Hayward the first look. Like you just said, he's 32, and you have to see, is he the 2019 or the 2018 guy? If he's a 2019 guy, he's not only starting, he's playing every snap. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, because we don't know the contract yet. It can't At 32, coming off that season, it can't be that much. But does this end the rumors of Richard Sherman? I think it has to. It has to, to, right? Because even if they're giving him like four or five, Richard Sherman's, we talked about last week, he's going to be in some kind of realm salary-wise. He's not going to take two, I don't think, or three. I don't think he's doing that. The the salary part of it, um, as long as, you know, if Casey Hayward's making a couple million, uh, then it's going to be hard to fit Richard Sherman in without making another move. Like the Jeff Heath release, the Raiders saved like $3 million against the cap. Presumably, it's sort of a trade there where you're releasing Jeff Heath to save the $3 million and then using some of that money or all of that money to sign Casey Hayward. So to bring in Richard Sherman, they'd have to do something else to their roster and something more significant probably to the roster to make a Richard Sherman $9 or $10 million contract work. But also just from a playing time standpoint, unless they're willing to move on from Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett right now, Oh yeah, they, they've got cornerbacks. Like the roster's kind of full, and and not that you should ever stop trying to improve the roster, but unless they're willing to say, okay, Damon Arnett, you had one season, see you later, it doesn't. There's there's not really room for Richard Sherman yeah. to come on board. No, it seems like whether and we don't know Richard Sherman's interests or what he wanted, but it seems like I don't know if they flipped a coin, but they made the decision with Casey Hayward over Richard Sherman. Now a lot maybe Richard Sherman didn't want to come here, and it was an easy decision. But you bring Richard Sherman along and. I don't think they'll do that for the reason you said. There's no way they're giving up Arnett on Arnett this quickly. There's, I mean, he they, they was a first-round pick. I mean, as bad as he was, I yeah. can't believe them. they're in a room saying, all right, he's done, he's just, he's never going to be any good. I think they've seen enough from Trayvon Mullen to hope he continues to improve. But Casey Hayward has to start. He's he, At least, I think it's, tra- at this point, if you go into a season, if they're starting today, I think the corners have to be Trayvon Mullen and, and Casey Hayward. If Casey Hayward is not starting at cornerback over Damon Arnett either, Gus Bradley has fixed Damon Arnett, and Gus Bradley is an amazing which coach. Which is hard to do virtually. If he did it virtually, <laughs> he might be the greatest coach who ever lived, by the way. Yes, which means <laughs> Gus Bradley is an unbelievable yes. coach. Or Casey Hayward is truly just the end of his career. And he's washed here, up, and, and it's over. And yeah. he's bad. Like yeah. Those are really the only two options. If Casey Hayward is, is fine, he has to play. He's better than Damon Arnett. Yeah. He's better than Damon Arnett. So I can't. Isn't he better than Trayvon Mullen? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he, it probably should be better than Trayvon Mullen as well. Um, so he's probably starting, but I'll say this. I don't, again, I don't know that the Raiders, I don't know that you can truly say they fixed the secondary. Like, it's not like we're going into this year saying, oh, this secondary is going to be a strength. They're going to be a top 10 secondary in football, but they gave themselves the options, whether it's, you know, a second round pick in Morg, whether it's Carl Joseph as a backup to Jonathan Abram, whether it's Casey Hayward and Rasul Douglas as cornerbacks they signed, they gave themselves options to where, okay, the young guys they drafted were bad last year. If they're bad again, they don't have to just keep running Jonathan Abram out there. How many first and second round picks does this put in a secondary that is not good? Well, the ones they've used... Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, Damon Damon Arnett, Arnett, and uh, Trayvon Morick, the one they just took. 
Um, was was Hayward? A, I don't know. It, it would have been okay. like a decade ago. Yeah. But if Hayward was a first or second round pick, Carl Joseph is one they used as well. Granted, he went to Cleveland and came back. So at least five, depending on where Hayward was picked a few uh, decade ago. Yeah, I mean, it just seems all be better. It, it just seems all relative. Like you know, I, I'm seeing, and you know, there's, I guess, I guess there's positivity on 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 Twitter and ever from others because they were just so bad last year that everyone thinks, well, they're new names, they can't be worse, so they're going to be better. <laughs> but to me, it's like it's all relative. I mean, what were they like late twenties or high twenties, mid twenties last year defensively? And what just like just overall defense? Yeah, like twenty eight, twenty nine, okay. something around so, there. As much as I see that people think it's positive, and that's fine. They've got new names, new bodies. To me, it's all relative because if if you get to 24-25, you're still not making the playoffs. Right, exactly. So it's like one of those things like, yeah, they could be better. And it's almost going to be impossible probably not to be better. But, you know, it's also really, really difficult to go from 28 to 15. Right. I mean, it's, so. <laughs> it's going to take... It's going to take more than a few signings in the secondary for the defense to make a substantial yeah. leap into the top half. And and maybe Yannick Ngakwe does that. Like here here's your your hope for the Raiders defense to be better. Yannick Ngakwe is a truly good edge rusher that doesn't need to be the number 2 that he can be the number 1 as a as an edge rusher. That the, all the defensive tackles they brought in, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson and all those guys are improvements from last year that Corey Littleton is back to what he was when he was with the Rams and not what he was last year when he was one of the worst linebackers in the NFL and that the new guys in the secondary are improvements. If all of that happened, they could be top half of the league defensively. Now, that's not all going to happen. Somebody's not. Casey Hayward might be bad. Yannick Ngakwe might not be good enough. Like Corey, Corey Littleton, Littleton might stay. Like not all of those are going to work out well for the Raiders. So you're not. You're probably not getting the top half. But if you get most of those, a little more than half of those to work out for you, then maybe you're the 19th or 19th 20th, or 20th best defense. Yeah. And if the offense can stay around the top 10, that might be enough to get nine, 10 wins and get yourself into the playoffs. Especially now that seven teams make it in the AFC. Yeah, well, wait, like I said, I, I, I see a lot of people uh, jumping up and down, and I get it because they've been so bad defensively that any kind of change, I think, gets people excited. Um, I think people were really excited where they got uh, tra- uh, where they got Mooring in the draft because everyone had said he's a first-rounder, so there's the belief there that, hey, they really stole one there. I think people, I mean, you know, look, like you said, I, you're hoping it's Casey Hayward of two years ago, so that's a little bit of a reach at 32. Um, usually you don't go in 2019 and then come back and be what you were in 2018 when you've hit 30 and above. Um, but they're going to be, look, they'll be better. I just don't know what that means. I mean, I can't, if they're worse, it's just been a colossal, <laughs> oh, colossal failure. Oh, I mean, it can't be worse, right? It's impossible. I, I, it, yeah, Yannick I, can't, Ngakwe, I can't imagine. There's just names they've signed. It's like, I can't imagine like they're going to be worse. Even like we said, it's Casey Hayward of last year. Okay, he's not any good, but he's better than what they yeah. had. So that's an improvement. Can you guys guess Casey Hayward's nickname? Oh boy, uh, showcase, showcase, what showcase, showcase. Better than hockey nicknames. Yeah, that's well, true. I mean, yeah, let's not trip over that bar. <laughs> so wait, did you look up where where was he drafted? Second round. All right. Okay, so they that, that that's like them six, six guys, then. six guys in the secondary that were first or second round picks. Are any of them good? <laughs> well. At this point, at this point, if you're ranking him, you have to go to the morning cake because we haven't seen him. Yeah. Like we've seen everyone else. So I guess the TCU kids like ranked first. I was like, at least we haven't seen that guy. We, he might be great. We and haven't seen him fail well, yet. Exactly. But there's also a chance he's great. <laughs> like the others we can make a judgment on. Like this guy, who knows what he I mean, he, he could be terrific.
six first or second round picks, and we're talking about, well, maybe they can be the 20th best secondary in the NFL. Oh. It's not good. That's not good. And on the other side, you said top 10 offense. We've talked about this before. With that offensive line, who knows if they're going to be a top 10 what, offense? What they could be, was, but who knows? What round was Andre James picked in? All right, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Was he drafted? I I'll say if he was, was drafted, he drafted. I'll say sixth. I have no idea. I, I'm just throwing it out. I have no clue. I was, was he drafted higher than the center they got like two days ago? Whoever that person is. <laughs> I was assuming Andre James was undrafted. I don't. Oh, there's a better chance than that. Him and uh, Jared Jones Smith. Is he still around? Andre James signed with the Oakland Raiders as an undrafted okay. free agent okay. in UFA. 2019. UFA. Okay. So the D, the second is Paul Michael Glazer still on the team? I'll look it up. Well, Heath Heath was the starter last week, and he's been released. Yes. So the guy off the street, I don't even know if he's still here. Jared Jones Smith. Oh, he's got to uh, still be there. He couldn't have cost him anything. He's got to no. compete. He's got to compete with he Alex better, Leatherwood. Well, he better be competing. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to get into some UNLV football because, oh, Ed will be excited. We've got big recruiting rankings, Ed. Big oh, stars coming. Oh, no, someone else is coming. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. Shotgun formation for Gillum. Gillum will hand it off now to Williams. Williams has a big hole. Pass the 40. Breaks the tackle. 35-30. 25-20. To the 10-5. Touchdown, Rebels. Charles Williams takes it 49 yards to the house. And a touchdown for the Rebels. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Mic wasn't on. Is my mic on? Oh, it is now. we're back it is in now. studio for the first now. day. See, during the break, I changed which mic I was talking into, and I think I confused Jared, so we didn't have the right mic on. Okay, welcome back. We're in the studio. It might not even be a better show than when we were at home, but before we get into some UNLV football, there's no chance because I can't pause myself. <laughs> There's a story in The Athletic that says, according to sources, Aaron Rodgers has mocked the Packers GM in group chats with his teammates in Green Bay by referring to the GM as Jerry Krause. There's no chance that guy's going back. (laughs) How many of his teammates got the reference? Well, Well, everybody watched The Last Dance, didn't they? If that happened, though, because it's Aaron Rodgers, the GM would have to, as much as you hate it, laugh it off. Like, he, he can't, like, hold it against him. It's Aaron oh, Rodgers. Oh, right. Somebody you can't hold that against ask, anybody. ask the GM at oh, a yeah. press conference, Oh, right? yeah, yeah, I like Aaron. He, he can call me whatever he wants. He's Aaron Rodgers. I can't <laughs> trade this guy. Oh, no, you got to go You got to go the hard way. You got to go, well, I mean, Jerry built a really good he's team. Saying, yeah, yeah, I like it. Hey, that's probably a compliment. That's a compliment. Look what he built. Jared, I'm glad you found the best way to answer that question in, like, two seconds. <laughs> I'm actually impressed how quickly you came to the best possible answer for Gutenkunst in, in Green Bay. That is a phenomenal answer. It's like, yeah, they won a bunch of titles. Someone made a good point the other day that the Packers really have no single owner. So would it just be a bunch of fans like saying, oh, do we want to get rid of this guy? Like they have a town hall oh, meeting. Can we buy a share and, and trade and just him? just go to the town hall meeting? Yeah. yeah. Trade him to, comma, Denver? 
How do how do you buy a share in the Packers? How do you do that? I, I don't know. You wait. You you basically set money on fire because you don't. It's not a real. But share. you get a piece of paper, Jerry. Yes, you, you get, get a piece, piece of paper. paper. You get to hang on your wall and say, "I own this team." That's um, that that is genuinely my yeah. favorite thing in in sports media. Is I talk to an owner of the Packers, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> at the gym. Hey, Mike, what do you think about Aaron? Sources within Packers ownership. Yeah. That's the thing. Anytime you read a story, anytime you read a Packers story and it says sources from ownership, that could be like you know Mikey down the street. You're, you're buying the soda from. Oh. Who in the world would that be? You know what the Raiders should do? They should give every citizen of Las Vegas a little plaque that says you are part owner of Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> like well, we we help pay for well, I mean, for a lot of it. Seven hundred so. million dollars. Yeah. We, should, we all deserve we should, a plaque. We should get a little little piece of pay, little certificate <laughs> exactly. that just says part owner. <laughs> Allegiant Stadium. This is not good for entry, just so everybody's clear. <laughs> okay, some UNLV football news we have not gotten to this week. But over the weekend, UNLV landed a three-star quarterback, Jaden Mavia, out of Hawaii. He is the third highest-ranked recruit that Marcus Arroyo has ever landed. He is the highest-ranked quarterback that UNLV has ever landed, slightly edging out the previous best quarterback they've ever landed, Armani Rogers. Are you excited about Jaden Mavia taking UNLV to bowl games in the future? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've got to be honest with you. When you said that, I thought, first first guy I thought it was Armani, but they haven't been good, But I, and you can tell me about the stars because you know about the stars. Like, three-star, I was a little surprised he was the highest ranked. Like, I'm like, in all those times. They don't times, get four stars. But then again... Then again, how long have those star rankings been around? I have no. Uh, so I mean, two, roughly 2000, 2001 okay. is when they started. It was been any good, so yeah. I guess so. I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I saw there were enough clips on Twitter of this kid uh, running up and down the field in Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but you know, they need quarterbacks, and we'll talk about like the guys he has out there. And I went to one spring, so I'm certainly not an expert on anything when it comes to this team. I went to one practice; it was a scrimmage. I don't know if I walked away saying any of the three like set themselves apart to be the starter. They kind of all look the same. So he's an offensive coordinator. I think he's going to keep recruiting quarterbacks till he gets his guy. Maybe this is the guy. Well, so here's, here's, I think the best thing that Marcus Arroyo has done in his recruiting. And it's, it's to contrast it against the Tony Sanchez era because Tony Sanchez landed Armani Rogers. And that was one of the biggest recruits that UNLV had ever landed was Armani Rogers. And he was going to be the face of the program and change the program. Tony Sanchez didn't really continue to recruit quarterbacks. He didn't bring in another significant quarterback until he had Kenyon Oblad right before his last year, Tony Sanchez's last year. So Tony Sanchez got Armani Rogers and then was kind of done at quarterback. He's like, I've got the guy. That's what we're going to. Marcus Arroyo continues to add quarterbacks, whether it's transfers like Justin Rogers or a freshman like Doug Brumfield who's on the team last year or a freshman they have coming in this year in Cameron Frio. Like he continues to add quarterbacks. Now he's already got one in the class of 2022 that would be here in the following season. So it'd be Arroyo's third year here. He keeps adding quarterbacks. And I think that's the smart way to go about this is every year he should probably be trying to bring in a quarterback that's that's of this level because you don't really know is you know Justin Rogers was a highly ranked recruit he went to TCU he had injury problems he could have been a star here but he's battling for the you know starting spot right now you just don't know who's actually going to work out so to continue to land quarterbacks i think that's one of the best things arroyo can do and even if like let's say 
Doug Brumfield or Cameron Friel or, or Justin Rogers, if any of those guys, even if one of them has a great season this year, and it's like, wow, UNLV finally has a good quarterback play, like that guy's going to be the starter for the next three years, you still go bring in more quarterbacks because that guy could leave, he could get hurt, whatever it is, you should always be bringing in quarterbacks. Sanchez didn't really do that. Arroyo, seen, that seems to be one of his priorities, is that he always wants to bring in another quarterback. So I'll throw something out there, not knowing anything, but it's always fun to throw that kind of stuff out there, and I don't even know if they'd have any interest. Uh, you saw, you're saw you getting a commitment from this kid. Let's say none of these three kind of separated themselves. It seems like maybe Brunfield did a little. Would you at least call Tate Martell? What is Tate Martell doing right now? He's finishing his Miami, uh, from what I've been told, I don't know, I'll go 90% because I've been told he's in Vegas finishing his Miami uh, year virtually. I don't really know eligibility one or two years because you get the COVID year back, so I'm very confused on a lot of this, how many years they have, but would you at least call him right now? I I would call him. Yeah, I'd have no problem. Like You, you should absolutely him. have no problem bringing him in. And again, now. I'm saying this no, not knowing if he has any interest at all. Right. I just know... Once again, he's going to end up somewhere else. He's tried the big time. He's tried the power fives. You're in. If you are in Vegas, I just don't know why you wouldn't put in that call. He's already shown that he won't commit to a program. <laughs> you can't bring that guy in. <laughs> Jesus. I would. I, I would absolutely him. bring him in. I have no problem. Yeah. Like as long, as long as you're not bringing him in saying you're the starter or something like right. that. You're bringing him in and say, hey, we got three guys. If you beat all three of them, you're the starter. Like, but yeah, I, I don't think there'd be. Much harm to bringing in Tate no. Martell. And by the way, since we love to talk about nicknames, we get to talk about the opposite because Tate is a nickname. His first name is Tathan, which I think is one of my favorite discoveries. I think is I his dis- first name is Tathan. Yes, I discovered that also on QB1. <laughs> I think his mom, he, she did. He was leaving the house one day for Gorman, and I don't know if he forgot his lunch or whatever you do in high school, but I she did. She goes, Tathan. Like she called him that, and I'm like, oh, that must be his name. I don't yeah. know. His mom's calling him that. Um, like Nathan, but with a yes. T. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So the, I mean, it might be over. Maybe they called already, and he said no, and I'm going to do something else. Okay. But if they didn't call, and I would think at this point, I would hope they would have just to gauge what he's doing. I would call him. I, I just again, you're right. I would say you have to compete, and he's heard that before because he's competed and lost out on jobs. But I. I I saw one practice. I read Grimal. I, you know, I trust Mike because he's him pretty much at every practice. It didn't seem like any of those three separated themselves. If that's the case and you're still in the back of your mind, like, I, mean, I don't know if any of these guys are going to work, I, I'd make that call if you haven't already. He's the most prepared college athlete for the current job market. Well, he'll know every system because I think he's played for six schools. So, <laughs> well, he'll know. But- I mean, you can't, you probably can't run a system that he won't know. <laughs> Martell, so Tate Martell redshirted at Ohio State in okay, 2017. That's one redshirt. Played in 2018, only okay. through 28 passes. Okay. Uh, was on the roster for Miami in 2019 through so one pass now that you're year. Two, played some wide receiver too, and then opted out of last season. So he's only played two years. Meaning, so with the COVID year, he'd have two or three. Do you right? get? I don't. Do you don't get know. an extra year if you opted out? I don't know how that works either. Seems like he'd have at least two though. At least two. He'd he, have at least. He two. should have at least two years of eligibility. He is also 23 years old. So. If he plays two more years, he's you're going to be running around with like a 25, almost 26-year-old quarterback, which would be hey, phenomenal. If he gets you to the heart of Dallas Bowl, <laughs> then you take him right now. That's what BYU does every year. So, yeah. <laughs> For right. different reasons. Coming up next, Justin Emerson joins the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. 
Robin, it was a pretty exciting three on three. And then it goes to the shootout. I'm curious kind of what you think about the shootout in general, whether that you kind of like the format or if you think that there should be more extended three on three or basically how overtime would go if you have the choice. You think I like the shootout? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Robin, thanks for the time. Thank you. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun. So, Justin, how do you think Robin Leonard likes the shootout? Yeah, I should have known that clip was coming. It hadn't been played on the radio for me yet. So, yeah, I was, I was wondering which one was coming. And, yeah, I should, I, I should have seen that. <laughs> Okay, do we know who was laughing in the background? I think it was him. I what? went back and watched the oh. video. I think he got, he said, you think I like the shootout? And then gave like a little chuckle because somebody texted me and asked if it was me, and it wasn't me. So. Okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Jared, we need to play it again because I, I oh, think there are two different laughs. I'm, I'm almost certain here that there are two different laughs. I think you're right that Leonard did laugh, but I'm almost certain there is somebody else that laughs in the background. Robin, it was a pretty exciting three on three, and then it goes to the shootout. I'm curious kind of what you think about the shootout in general, whether that you kind of like the format or if you think that there should be more extended three on three or basically how overtime would go if you have the choice. You think I like the shootout? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Robin, thanks for the time. Thank you. That, see, and Justin, you correct me if you're right. You, no, no, you're right. Yeah, there's but, like a chuck, like Leonard chuckles, and then somebody laughs in the background. Yeah. You're right. There's but you, people. you get to unmute yourself to ask the question. But I don't think anyone else is unmuted. It had to be on their end. Yeah, it had to be like an, another player yeah. or so coach was, wandering yeah, it, around. So it was either me or it was one of the PR people. Which either way, funny. That darn Sage, Sage is laughing <laughs> yeah, in the background. We'll, 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 we'll blame Sage. Yes. I think it was him. All right, Justin. <laughs> How how badly do you think the Golden Knights have uh, blown at the last couple of games where they're now uh, potentially not winning the West Division because the Colorado Avalanche are coming? Man, how brutal is it that I was talking about this with somebody yesterday that the Golden Knights can win 10 games in a row, including beating the Avalanche, and then suddenly they drop two out of three, and just like that, their lead's virtually gone. They're, up to two, they're two points up, but the Avalanche have a game in hand. So that is... It's just brutal. Like ten games didn't seem to didn't seem to do all that much for him. That's just the way that the Avalanche are playing. I mean, the Golden Knights say it all the time. We don't we don't think they're going to lose again. But I'm I'm not sure that they ever will lose again. They're just going to win the next six games in the regular season and then win the cup in sixteen games. I guess. DeBoer said last the other night he didn't deny this, which was interesting. Do you think Minnesota's in their heads? Sure, sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I. It, it, that's that's one because and and I completely agree with what DeBoer said. There's nothing on on paper that says that this should be a mismatch. But the Wild for four years now have just had the Golden Knights number. Vegas cannot win in Minnesota except for except for that one shootout a couple of years ago, and I think that one was even one nothing or two one or something like that. So it's it, it, it's it, it's interesting to see for sure because it, the Wild have always played well at home. They have a good defensive system that. Vegas just hasn't been able to break for four years now. And, and I do think it's that Vegas is a better team than the wild, but I'd, I'd start getting a little nervous about a potential playoff matchup. Okay. So with that in mind, golden Knights get the one seed, they'll avoid Minnesota and Colorado in the first round. But if they get the two, they're going to have to more than likely play the wild. 
in the first round. Um, how important should that one seed be? Or do you think, hey, it's the playoffs, the Golden Knights will figure it out and they'll beat Minnesota because they're a better team? I, I trend more toward the latter, that it, it doesn't necessarily matter who you play in the first round because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how important the one seed was because it looked like St. Louis or Arizona or San Jose or somebody was going to stumble in and be an easy matchup. Well, the Blues haven't done a whole lot of losing lately either, so the Blues are getting hot at the right time. So if the Golden Knights do win that one seed, they're playing St. Louis in the first round, which isn't a great matchup. It's probably better than Colorado or Minnesota, but then you got to face the other one in the second round. So, I mean, you're at this point, you've got two tough matchups in the left division. It really, it really doesn't matter who they play. I still think you'd rather play St. Louis than Minnesota. So, yeah, you want the one seed, especially because that means home ice for a potential second round against the Avalanche. But all in all, you're not getting an easy matchup no matter what seed you end up in. Have you increased your belief, especially after the other night, not that everyone was his fault, but that Marc-Andre Fleury is absolutely starting in the playoffs? Is, 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 that the, is that the opinion of the show, that it's definitely Fleury in game one? We have no opinion uh, on most things, <laughs> so we'll just say, yeah, we think Marc-Andre Fleury is starting in the playoffs. Well, it's a good thing you guys have a four-hour radio show five times a week, not if you don't have any opinions on anything. But still, but, that's, what uh, makes the, that's what makes the show the best. Like, why would we have opinions? <laughs> um. See, and, and I have no idea. Like, last year, I was I was pretty confident it was going to actually be Flurry, even though Leonard had played better. I kind of thought it was Flurry's team, that kind of thing. But it was clear that Leonard was, was DeBoer's guy in last year's postseason. So if I had to pick one, I would think that maybe Leonard starts game one still, even though Flurry has been spectacular this season. They really they really both have. Leonard wasn't wasn't at his sharpest on, on, uh, on Monday, clearly. But um, I still think that that DeBoer has a certain faith in Leonard. So I think he'll see him in game one, but I, that's like, I feel 51 49 about it. Like I, I really don't know. Like you guys, I don't have an opinion. What do you, what do you think of the idea that they could just, yeah, we'll keep rotating through the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> We've never really seen it before. Right. But I mean, there's the golden Knights have done a lot of things we haven't seen before. So it could be, it could be something that, that does happen. I, and I still think that they're going to go with one guy. They're going to pick one guy and kind of and kind of roll with it. And um, I think it's an interesting point. Is I like, I think they said it on the broadcast. Leonard has only played Minnesota once this year uh, because he was hurt when they played once or twice. He hasn't seen Colorado this season, so maybe it is getting Flurry ready. You know, getting looks at Minnesota and Colorado, knowing those might be the first two playoff series. I don't know. So it we could we could see a rotation, but I still. I still trend toward believing they're going to pick one guy and roll with him. When you see Riley Smith fight, do you feel bad for him or do you scream at the TV for him to back up? Because if he actually fights, it wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> you know, guys, guys fighting hockey. I don't think it's, I don't think it's too big of a deal. I know that this is probably not the week to say that uh, fighting in hockey rarely leads to injuries, but I mean, <laughs> um, I, I can't remember a time that a Golden Knight got hurt during a fight. And of course, it could happen, but I mean, Mark Stone could get hurt in a fight. Ryan Reese could get hurt in a fight. So I, I'm, I'm not too worried about Riley Smith uh, showing a little emotion and getting at it. I don't, I don't think it matters that much. Will Peyton Krebs get more than nine minutes of ice time tonight? Probably. Well, I, well, I don't know. I guess he only had nine minutes on Monday, and they only had eleven forwards. So we'll see. Hey, Peyton Krebs is a real interesting case because I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show. He plays he plays more than six games, and it burns a year of his entry level contract. So I, they might be using the rest of this regular season kind of as a trial run to see if they're going to use him in the playoffs. 
I thought he played well on Monday. It's hard to judge it too much because, like you said, he only played nine minutes. So I think you're going to want to see him uh, get into the you know 12 to 15 minutes at least just to kind of see what he can do before you're making any determinations on whether he's going to play in the playoffs. How good does he have to be if he plays, assuming he plays the rest of the games in the regular season, how good does he have to be for them to actually play him in the playoffs and burn that entry-level contract? I think it might depend on the injury situation. If they're at full health, I don't know how much you're going to need him because, you know, you're going to have Pacioretty back, uh, presumably. So you're looking at a third line maybe of uh, full health of, like, Yanmark, Nosek, and Huck, and his creds better than any of those guys. Maybe, but Nosek's played really well this year. They just got Yanmark. Huck's obviously been fantastic. So then you're looking at maybe him being a reserve or playing on the fourth line, and is that worth using an ELC year? Probably not. So, But if but if Pacioretty gets hurt and you need you need some help on the wing, you know, in the top six group, you can shift people around and use Krebs. So I think it, it might be a little bit out of his control unless he's spectacular over the last two weeks and forced the team band a little bit. I'm sort of going to ask you to look long-term, especially now that Krebs is here and they seem to be very excited about him. But And if we're thinking long-term to next season, are we close to Cody Glass kind of has a one or two more shots to prove it, or are they going to have to admit that it was a mistake? Well, there was some there was some rumblings at the trade deadline that they that they that they were potentially looking at moving him. So I think that that would be an interesting thing because this off season would be uh, an interesting time to move him because you're selling when his stock's low, but you, it might not go back up. But you know, next year there's. You, know, you kind of get another fresh slate. He was coming back off the injury this year. Maybe he wasn't fully whatever. So maybe you look at it one more year. He needs a new contract after next season, regardless of what happens. But uh, yeah, Cody Glass is uh, is a guy that you know the Golden Knights at, at one point believed in so highly they wouldn't give him up for uh, Eric Carlson before his fall, I guess. But uh, now, now I don't know where where Glass stands in the organization and whether or not they might look to move him this offseason. Uh, your how passionate are you about your favorite flavors of White Claw? Very. Are we about to talk about this? Cool. Because I don't <laughs> care about the hockey stuff. What is your favorite? It's black cherry. Black cherry is the best one. Black cherry and mango are like the top two, and then I'm open to discussion on the rest of them. Okay, so there's a tier one of White Claw, and it's black cherry and Definitely. mango, and then tier two is is up for debate still. Yeah, I like the watermelon. I like the lemon. Those are, those are pretty good. It's that variety two-pack that they came out with last year. That's good. That first pack wasn't all that great. That second one was really good. They put the mango in the second variety pack. You know, they started selling black cherry on the side. So that was the most, yeah. I just, feel, I just feel lost in these conversations like, may the fourth be with you yesterday. I'd never seen one of those weird movies. And now I'm looking at this picture. I mean, the 100 calories is good. Um, two, two grams of carbs is good. Gluten-free is good. It seems like it's somewhat, like, healthy. So what's what's... What's the white claw? Is that is white? Is it like one of those energy? Is the right word. Is it one of those energy energy drinks? Is this one like one of the shots in the arm? No clue what this no, is. No, no. What is no. this? It's uh... <laughs> it's alcohol, it's, it's Ed. Nice... Oh. It's yeah. alcohol. <laughs> so it's like uh, like a uh... beer for white people. Okay, it's uh it's like the apple uh, apple uh, cider beer, like that. Like not ton of this, but you can still say you're having alcohol. Close enough. You're yeah. getting closer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's better than energy shot or okay. whatever. I... You thought it was five hour right. energy. No, or something no chance. Like that. No yeah. chance. May the fourth be with all of you. Okay. Well, Ed, Justin, <laughs> yeah. as you can see, Ed's priorities when looking at any food is oh, hundred calories. It seems exactly. pretty healthy. Exactly. It's, it's, nothing else it's not bad for you. It's not bad. 
Oh. Yeah, there you go. You just take a couple of white claws. You'll be feeling great the rest of the day. <laughs> you know, you know, what we should have done, Justin. You should have taken some to T-Mobile and be like, "Hey, Ed, try yeah, the exactly. white claw." Yeah, you, As eventually, Ed would have been drunk in the press box trying to watch a Golden Knights game. This goes with the you know, very bizarre chicken sandwich they give out. Some press boxes do like post game beers or whatever. Maybe yeah. during the playoffs, I'll bring a yes. pack of white claw and just start <laughs> yeah. handing them out to all the writers after Absolutely. the game. Well, he is Justin Everson from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, there's only five more chances for a shootout and for you to ask Robin Leonard about it again. So good luck. I hope you get the chance. Thank you, buddy. Maybe I'll ask him about his White Claw flavors. You got it, guys. See Talk to you later. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> Jared was, like, very disappointed in me. I, I don't have any. I mean, why would you think it's, like, you got all these flavors. Why would you think it's alcohol? Like, are they, like, wine coolers back in the day? I mean, that's... Closer than okay. cider. Cider okay. is a traditional like alcoholic beverage. Okay. They're trying to appease the palates of millennials. All right. Here's your fruity I'll, flavors. I'll Here's your fruity Trinkets. flavors of alcohol. Yes. It's right. it, yeah, it's it's the it's the fruity flavors, but it's super it's so light that it might as well just be carbonated okay. alcohol. Like okay. it might as well be a Zima. Yes. Okay, so what's I didn't I didn't see on his uh, his thing there. It says uh, it might maybe I'm missing it. So like, what would be the alcohol content? Five percent. Yeah, oh. and they just they just came out with a uh, was it White Claw that just came out with a like eight percent? Oh, I don't know that much. Oh, <laughs> yeah, five. That... Come on, <laughs> Edwin would think it's an energy five. shot to alcohol. Oh, that's not even alcohol. It might as well be an energy eight. shot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, it's the season opener for the greatest team in Las Vegas today. And the way the board was falling today, uh, we loved it. I, we didn't, I, I didn't think that Koontz and Diablo would get to us at 79 and 80. I really didn't. Um, so we were ecstatic about that. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Static. We'll get more into the Raiders at 9 o'clock. But today, Ed, we are a little less than 12 hours away from the season opener for Los Angeles Lights FC 2. I was excited yesterday when you put the uh, jerseys out. Oh, um, jerseys. You well, want to give a grade? No. Nah, want to grade yeah, some jerseys? I, I, I like them for the simple reason. You know what I like in jerseys, and you made the point on Twitter, they're simple but good. I like simple. I don't need... So, uh, when you look at that jersey, if a guy's walking down the street wearing it, I'm not so sure I know it's a soccer jersey, which to me makes a good soccer jersey. <laughs> like, he might just have, like, a Finley Toyota t-shirt on. Check. Plus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, if you can look at something and not really know what it is, like, that's actually a good jersey. So their jerseys, yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. I think that's the opposite of what's a good jersey. Um, but their jerseys, these are their away jerseys. Uh, they're black. Finley Toyota is the new sponsor across the chest instead of Zappos. And they have, uh, what is that, five, six uh, skinny stripes right down the center mm -hmm. of the chest that are yellow, blue, Different and pink, colors, the, yeah. the colors of the team. But that's pretty much it. I mean, the rest of the jersey, it's all black with like a purple collar. Or I mean, purple with a blue collar. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's the most nice. simple jersey they've ever had. All their other jerseys have had confetti or neon tubing or whatever it is. It's the simplest jersey they've ever had. I like it. I don't love it. I If we're giving out grades, I don't know if Check. you actually gave one. I'll give it a B. B. So, 
It's a good jersey. It's not. It's nothing spectacular, but it's a good jersey. Well, have you seen their home ones? Are they different? I'm assuming they're going to be the same thing, but white. That's my guess, but I don't. I don't know that for sure. Maybe. Maybe they're completely different, but I'm. My guess is they're the same thing, but white. They're fine. <laughs> That's what you said they're about Legion Stadium. <laughs> yeah, remember that? It's fine. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, well, I think though. You know, in my own defense, I had been to SoFi within the last month. So, you know, you ask about those two. It's like, oh, the other one's fine. And SoFi's absolutely incredible. So, um, no, it's, they're fine. Like, you know, can't wait to see the home ones, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. They play tonight at 730 ESPN Plus. Um, but Lights FC. Ooh, I they, get that. <laughs> they signed a couple players. One of them was an LAFC draft pick named Daniel Trejo. So true or false, they should have a Danny Trejo night and invite the actor Danny Trejo to come to a game. Well, yes, that would be one of the more calmer things they've done. And so, yeah, this would be like a no brainer. Um, but I do say, you know, I think Brett Lashbrook does a really good job with that stuff and bringing people out. And doing, I mean, that, that that level of athletics is what you're supposed to do, right? That That's the athle- uh, level of professional athletics where you, professional sports, where you kind of go above and beyond uh, what you know, maybe major league or the the higher level does. So yeah, have a Danny Trejo night. That'd be cool. I was I was talking to Brett and I was trying to get him because they play L.A. Galaxy two tonight. Shit. And when LAFC plays L.A. Galaxy in Major League Soccer, it's called El Trafico. And I was trying to get him to come up with a name for when they play L.A. Galaxy two. That's like a you know spinoff of El Trafico. But he told me nobody would get that. And based on the look on your two faces, he was right. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any All idea right. if Daniel Trejo's any good? But he was there. He was LAFC's first round pick in the MLS Super Draft. So okay, maybe they, they do drafts in soccer. I Major thought, League Soccer does. Yes. Okay, I thought it was just they take small children and are like Major League Soccer. Will tra- you will be trained. Major League Soccer might be the most confusing league in the world when it comes to how players are acquired. Like we're talking about teams have uh, designated allocation money. And you can only spend so much allocation money on players. And then there's designated players that don't count against the salary cap. And then there's a draft, but you can also just buy players from other teams. It's the most, it's the most, like other soccer leagues in the world, you just pretty much buy whoever the hell you want. But in Major League Soccer, some guys get drafted, there's allocation money. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. And if we get a team, I'm going to have to understand it more than I do now. Last thing on Lights FC for you. 538.com. They do odds for all the soccer leagues in the world. Who's going to win it? Blah, blah, blah. And miss elections. That too. Right now, Lights FC have a 13% chance to make the playoffs. That's it with all these good LA players? 13% chance. With Danny Trejo? Yes. The first round pick? He <laughs> stinks, man. He can't get to play with the machete. Is Julian Gaines any good? Uh, he's one of the U.S. under 20 national team players. The guys that didn't qualify for the Olympics. 13%. So. It's not any good. <laughs> yes. Most notable thing. Didn't qualify yeah. for the Olympics. I don't actually know if he was on the team that didn't qualify for the Olympics, but he's young enough that they could have used him. So I don't know how good he is, what but we'll find qualify? out. We'll find out. So I'm, I'm very 13% interested in the league of like 50 teams. I'm very interested to see who from LAFC actually plays for them tonight.